0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Biology Report. It's a big one, as usual. Uh, We're going to be talking um, Sheffield Shield Cricket, IPL, WBBL. uh, The summer of cricket, how's it going to look in this pandemic in Australia? Uh, Joining me as always, um, the co-host, the captain of the Victorian cricket team. Uh, He's out of quarantine. He can't wait to get in there and rip it up. Of course, Pete Anscombe. Pete? Uh,
2: how's your week been? Flem, we're out. The boys are out. It's that good. Um, <laughs> ah. nah, it's it. that two-week quarantine, like it, it was it was better than we expected being able to train and, and do all that and still get out. But it's the little things you miss. And obviously the first thing that we've we've done as soon as we've come out of quarantine is we had the 3 p.m. tea off time. We were straight. To the golf course, um, and straight out there. So it's fair to say there were some rusty swings, and um, I think a lot of boys had been putting in their hotel room, but uh, so the putting was okay.
0: Oh, okay. Too bad, yeah. but
2: the the full blooded uh swing off the tee, just not quite the way we wanted it. And unfortunately, my first shot went um, went out of bounds and into some houses, so that that kind of <laughs> That set set my day up.
0: The thing is, I find with um, and I, I'm not pl- I haven't gone out and played golf yet. Uh, we've only just been opened up this week, uh, nine holes. But uh, when that first opening up was in in late April or May, uh, it was amazing. I was playing really bad golf shots, but not bad cricket shots. So I was <laughs> smashing them along the ground through the covers, yeah. which. Oh, nice. Commentary, you'd just say, wow, what a great shot. But in golf, mm. that's adding three shots to every hole. Um, who who were who were the major winners? Who was holding um, up the trophy at the end of the day?
2: Mate, John Holland is uh, is streets ahead. Uh pretty much anyone else in our in our squad. Uh Sammy Harper gives him a good run for his money. Yes. He actually Sammy's first shot went. We're all there. He had the gallery, he had the peanut gallery there watching him. Uh, he was the first tee off and smoked it 300 down the middle oh. just, and then just walked off with a bit of a strut. So, no, they're they they yeah, they're, they're ahead of us by a long way and the rest of us just uh, tried not to break 100. So Johnny
0: Holland's virtually off scratch, isn't he? Pretty much, as far as I know. I think he's two maybe. Yeah, and Sam Harper, I know, I think he was part of the pennant at my club, Riversdale. Golf yeah, club know. when he was growing up, and I know he hasn't played as much, but you don't really lose that. All right, who's the, uh, the who won the Niagara Award, or was it a, a group of you? The Niagara Award. Do you know what that means? I haven't heard of it. Gol- not a golfer's arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name uh, one name? But it or, can't be you.
2: Can't be me because I'll be bloody close. Maybe. Uh, Mick Lewis. Oh. He, was in, he was in our group. Uh, <laughs> poor, poor Mickey. Like, I played some bad shots, but,
0: yeah. He was he was probably better than I expected, but he's still not a golfer's arsehole. Well, he was a very angry fast bowler. Uh, he had impact, I reckon, even before he played a shield game. He was 12th man against Queensland, ran out of drink, sledge Stuart Law, who got out <laughs> playing an angry shot. Laurie goes up the steps at the MCG, the old ones, opens up the door and just gives um Mickey a spray. But Mickey's got us a wicket in his 12th man. Yeah. And and Laurie's so pumped up. And Mickey just as coolly, uh, coolly as possible, just said, "Ah, uh, thanks for that feedback, Stuart. <laughs> Which just enraged Laurie yep. even more. But with ball in hand, there was no probably Shane Harwood had him covered, stickers. Yep. with anger and and Mervyn Hughes my old roommate but how yep. does the anger go on the golf course
2: yeah it 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 came it it came out that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> the old uh when you top a ball or thin a ball off the back of the green or something and I mean there was no snap clubs but there was yeah maybe a bit of steam coming out of the ears at times Getting a bit, bit angry, but uh, nothing like the nothing like his cricket days. I don't reckon. I reckon he he fired up a bit more back then.
0: Hey, and some some great news. So you're out of the quarantine now. You, you're working towards Shield cricket. How are preparations are uh, building for for the first training session?
2: Oh, it's a big big training session today, Flam. The boys are ex- excited. We haven't actually played. We haven't been able to train as a full squad this entire preseason oh. yet. So this is going to be our biggest training session, and what's even more important is because we haven't been able to play as a squad, we haven't been able to play our normal warm-up game called soccer volleyball, Oof. which is probably bigger than is bigger than the season um, for us. There's we had a draft last night <laughs> to get the to get the right teams. You know, you got your two captains. They get they uh, normally there's um a salary cap and players are worth a certain amount and oh this is uh, you've got a bid for players and you can pay overs or unders um
0: so pete who who are the the captains
2: mate uh the captains are well they have to be different from the the previous years, so this year we've got myself and Nick Madsen doing the doing the captaincy roles uh so yeah we were we had the draft uh last night, and Pete. You know, the best players get picked first. It's, it's basically just like schoolyard rules as well. You know, you, you work your way down the line. Um, so Seb gosh picked up first with, with Matto and I went with Pekoski. So they're, they're the two number one drafts. They're the two, so yeah. So there,
0: there's pressure.
2: Yep. Yep. And then that, um, that kid at the end that, you know, never gets picked um, on any sporting team, doesn't get the dodgeball team or whatever, uh, probably Sammy Harper, um, known known for his ability to have a triangle head.
0: Uh, oh, oh, so the uh, angle off the head.
2: Yeah, you just never know where it's going to go, um,
0: unfortunately. See, I would have thought he was quite quick, could use well, his feet, but yeah. if you're not heading, if you, if you don't have a consistent um, mm-hmm. header
2: execution. He's low to the ground as well, so that, it should, like he should be pretty good with the uh, with the soccer ball, but no, he's, he's terrible. He's, he's the worst I've seen.
0: Uh, who's the best big man? You've, picked, you've chosen midfielders there. Who?
2: Scotty Boland's our best big man. Yeah. We put him. We put him up front, otherwise known as Big Boot. Um, and all you have got to do is just get it on a platform, and he'll
0: he'll smack it. It doesn't come back after he touches the ball. That doesn't surprise me. And what about the cricket side of things? So you've been in small groups. Yeah. So so what what's the build up to to the Shield in about a week's time? Uh, we've got
2: yeah. So we've got. A, a good net session today. It's gonna to be a nice, nice hit out. And then we're actually playing a practice game against ourselves Saturday with a bit of center wicket on Sunday as well. Um and that's that's to help us get a bit more time on feet considering we've been sitting down for two weeks. Uh yeah. and then it's just a pretty stock standard lead in. Yeah, you're three days out, main training, two days optional day before, and away we go. So we're starting again on yeah, Friday week. Um and Flem absolutely pumped to get to get back out there and oh. and start playing some cricket, but I did um, I did see in in my lockdown because uh, I was watching a fair bit of cricket. I saw a saw a highlight from the F F A I Insurance oh, Cup. Geez. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that popped up on my feed, mate. You wanna you wanna take us through that? Um, where do you sit, I mate? Mean, you're you're on the road there. Where, where do you sit with mullets? Well, I mean, I've got a I'm not. Yeah, you're
2: getting that. I'm getting getting a little one, getting a bit of a flame at the back here. So yeah, it's not. Look, I'm I'm all for them. I reckon it's your hair. Do whatever you want, mate. And from what I saw, you did do whatever you wanted.
0: No, I, I had a bit of a crack, and and um, you know, you got to remember mid late '80s, and particularly me growing up in Springvale. You know, that that was just part of uniform. If you <laughs> if you walked around Springvale with a, a shortcut, and you know back and sides, you know, yeah. you're just asking for trouble. So even that mullet was about halfway down my back. Um, You just fit in, in Springvale. Probably not so much, you know, in the Victorian team. You know, there was little fluffy mullets. Um, Merv had just cut his. But I love just looking back and seeing someone like Jamie Siddons, who's been as bald as long as I remember. (laughs) And he's got a mud flat. Yeah, yeah, that's
2: the best one. And I only know Jamie Siddons as as a bald man. Um, yes. And then, yeah, the something pops up where they've actually got a bit of hair and a mullet, mean, It's even—it's just great, great to see that stuff.
0: And, and skin tight uniforms too, which was fitting in with the 80s. That you know, you might particularly with the Fabergé's jeans, like skin tight, the flannel shirt. Mm. Um, that was the way to go. I, I was the first person to wear bike shorts to training. Bike shorts had just come in. And they were nothing as cool as these days. So I rocked yeah. up with these black bike shorts that went down to my knee. Nice. Um, no short, though. So no I've short? i got a T-shirt. t-shirt, t-shirt. And, yeah. Ooh, and bullet. That's rogue. That's, that's showing that's a bit of need to show. And what's worse, I wasn't driving at this stage, so I was getting the train. <laughs> so I've got yeah, the train. I've got this massive cricket kit. People are, yeah, you know, peak hour, people aren't happy, take it up heaps of room, mullet, and yeah. bike shorts with no shorts. And then I'd walk from Richmond Station and often Merv, I'd hear this beep, beep, and he'd pull up at Brunton Avenue. Yep. And I'd just get to the door and he'd wind down the window and go, hey, mate, make sure that the, the beers are cold at the end of the day because I was 12th man, I'd still have to walk around. Yep. But oh, yeah. it's funny, a lot of people love that nostalgia. You know, I showed one of Merv, you know, just, yeah, uh, just I remember sledging this guy, uh, a guy called Walker from Queensland. So I think it was his only game, and in the end, <laughs> yeah, he knocked him over. And Gary Watts took this great catch, you know, to knock over Buff. Yeah, you know, the, sorry, the one of the ones I post was was Buff Lehman with a massive mullet. Hmm. Massive yeah. mullet. People didn't yeah. know that. No, he had some hair back in the day. Yeah. So um, good times with the retro cricket, but. Um, you know, let's uh, let's progress on with the current day. Yeah, yeah. Like news that. with Pete. Can we do it?
2: Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's go. Um, we'll go straight over to the IPL. Just a a couple of things since last time we spoke. Um, mate, the IPL has just basically turned into into super overs and and a heap of firsts. So, uh, well, firstly, there's, there's a super over a couple of nights ago with uh, Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, and the Sunrisers, and that's where and Lockie Ferguson just came in, two for two, um, right. and then the Night Riders uh, chased yeah, three runs off that final over, <laughs> off that super over. So that's not that's not the uh, that's not the kind of super over you want, Flem. The kind of super over you want is when you get another one. Yes. And and the next night, <laughs> Mumbai Indians and Kings Eleven had twin super overs. Unbelievable. That's never happened before, has it? Never happened before. That is a first. First time in T20 cricket to have a draw after a Super Over.
0: Yeah, I didn't know Super Overs could be trendy, but it's funny. You (laughs) get one, you get a few. Yeah. But it's such a pick. I mean, it's been an outstanding IPL anyway, hasn't it?
2: It really, really, really has. Um, What I found interesting about this second Super Over, because we never... We'd never seen one before. I didn't know that the rule was if you bowl the first super over, you're not allowed to bowl the second one. And if you get out in the first super over, you're not allowed
0: to bat in the second super over. No, those rules have changed. Have they? Definitely, yeah. Well, that probably need to get on top of that. But that does bring a different element, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, it was... It was impressive. I still can't get over it, mate. Two, two Super Overs in two games. It's um, Just awesome. Awesome that these close games happening over there.
0: And it's funny with the performances. You know, we're talking about the fast bowlers last time and, and we expect the wickets to, you know, deteriorate and spin. But the, the mm. quicks have continued. To, you know, Ferguson's come in and had real impact. Yeah. Um, yep. You yeah. Know, Batting-wise, a lot of the local Indian players, you know, K.O. Rahul and Agarwal and, and those type of players have, have continued to run and, and well, sorry, all, all the overseas is A.B. is and Duple C and Yeah, but in terms of the, the local,
2: um, Shiga Darwin is in oh. unbelievable touch. There's another first, first man ever in the IPL to go back-to-back hundreds. Um, but That's I think an we-
0: incredible effort You you yeah. in T20 cricket. Yeah.
2: It's hard enough scoring one. It's hard enough getting it, let alone...
0: In <laughs> your not, career. Yeah. has
2: gone 101, 106, not out in two games. Just oh, unbelievable. Just slapping it through covers over midweek. Like, he's he's beautiful to watch. Yes. Lovely, yeah, Lovely, lovely batsman. Bit stiff as well a couple of weeks ago not to be involved in the
0: Mustache 11. Um, yeah, but you gave him a mention. Yeah. And, and him and Jadeja. I, I think... Um, and when you talk local, I mean, he's a he's a Melbourne, he's a Victorian local, isn't he? he he's lives out at Fountain Mary, Gate. No, Warren boy, Nary Warren, yeah, somewhere out
2: there. So he's, I uh, oh, yeah, I think we can claim him as as one of ours.
0: Jeez, we might see if we can get him on. Yeah. He's on fire. Yeah. But yeah. also, does it say to you for for the Indian cricket team how much white ball depth do they have in their batting?
2: Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. They they could put out. Three, four international teams, and do very, very well. Their fourth yeah. one would be some, still, some ridiculously good. So, no, they've the depth in India. Well, I mean, we know cricket in India is—it's a religion. It's—it's it's the biggest thing that they can do over there. You—you you go over there, and kids are playing it with anything that they can. So, yes, they're—they're they're training right from as soon as they can walk. So. It, it and it just shows because this IPL is is crazy with the amount of talent they've got in there.
0: It's probably been happening for a few years, but we I think we are um, seeing the impact of the IPL. That the the young kids that would have watched yep. the the two thousand and seven two thousand eight edition. Yeah, I, I want to play T Twenty cricket and, and smash the ball everywhere. Mm. Um, you know that 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 that's happening, and 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 a lot of their players straight out of the under nineteen are doing well aren't they just yep. adding to the depth
2: yeah and almost growing up with the sole purpose of playing t20 cricket not so much the longer format Like they've they've honed their game or trained their game for their entire life to be able to to slog the ball to be able to clear fences
0: yeah but it's interesting with these young players that um you know the Collies, they might be introduced with t20 cricket and that they'll just adjust their game to be great 50 over and, and, and test match players. I think Indian Indian players, well, really, I think most nations will be able to do that. But it's interesting looking at some of the uh, stars of this IPL and they haven't played much domestic first-class cricket or even 50 over cricket. So it's backing up what you're saying. There's there's going to be still a generation that, that, that concentrate on T20 cricket. But I still think there's going to be enough kids that, And players that are just more suited to the longer form of the game, test match cricket, but it says the beauty of cricket as opposed to other um, sporting codes who are trying to find a a T20-type format is we've got three formats. Yep. You can be a gun at all three or you can be a gun at one and still Mm -hmm. um, be an international player. I I think that's wonderful.
2: Yeah, and you look at – so you get the the polar opposites there, but you look at someone like Pujara who – I don't think he's ever played T20 cricket. He's never got a contract, but one of the greatest red ball batters in the world at the moment. So he's making a great career as a purely a red ball player. And then at the other spectrum, you've got these young kids from India coming up who hasn't played a red ball game, but getting good money and good contracts, playing in the IPL and giving themselves a chance to get on the T20 circuit and potentially go around the world and 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 make a good living doing it that way
0: oh bloody oath. um hey mate what, what what are you um what are you calling Who who's going to win it i mean Delhi and and bangalore mm. you know are setting themselves up um chennai super kings for the first year ever i mean they're not miles behind they're last but um mm. you know they'd have to win and win well but um it's such an interesting um format, isn't it, that um you just gotta make the finals. You know, I've seen too yeah. many T twenty competitions where a team's particularly in a top four, you know, come forth and, and one batsman gets gets flying. Like I see with Rajasthan Royals dropping Butler down. Mm. Um, you know, he's the type of player that can just get get on fire in the finals and, and win it for you. But um but Delhi um and Bangalore have been fantastic
2: Delhi's Delhi's the one for me I mean I, I spoke about it when we were talking about Stoney um they're like what he's doing in the middle order for them is is ridiculous now they've got Shigadawan going back to back hundreds at the top um and Trey Iyer coming in the middle like their batting I think is so so strong um and then they've got Rabada with the ball so they, the the thing is, is with Delhi is that I think they've got the They've got match winners in their team. So all they need to do for them, like you said, is kind of get to the finals, which they're going to do, and then one of their players will win them the game. It's just kind of that, – that's kind of how T20 can happen every now and then. It's not not so much your team performance, but it's a short enough game where one person can have such a great impact and take the game away from the opposition.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think – have Delhi ever won – did they win it early under Greg Shippard? Have they ever won it? Because oh, they had some really bad years, didn't they, Delhi? Um, yeah, I'm not,
2: not sure, but I know Ship used to win a lot of trophies, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Rabat is the leading wicket-taker. Even Ashwin and um, Axel Patel, finger-spinners. Yeah. You know, not massive wicket-takers, but good economy rates. So, you know, yep. they're, they're in there. So we'll, um, we'll keep wrapping up the IPL. What's next, mate?
2: Well, next we'll come back home, A eh? bit of shield cricket.
0: Has started since we last spoke, and oh, it's great!
2: It's great. I've actually been really jealous, just sitting, sitting in the room, watching these boys out there playing. Um, but it's great to see, and it started with an absolute bang, mate. Hundreds and just five fizz, four day games going right down to the end. Um, Brilliant, bloody, just bloody awesome. But from the first round, I mean, you got you got two blokes, Nessa and gar to both get five wickets and a hundred runs um like it's, how often do you see that and then we've just seen it twice
0: in uh, in the first round of shield
2: by the time
0: I finished a tweet congratulating Michael Nessa for it, you know had just got his third wicket fourth and then and then fifth in there um and I mean what's exciting is um you know. Players setting up the whole summer, but um, you know pressure on that Australian team. But also, they're not. I still don't think they're, they're genuine all rounders at, at, at Test level. But um, you know, it, it is a spot that 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 could be available. I think, isn't it? A, a, a bowler, you know, who you hope could could average high twenties, you know, early thirties.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, in that all rounder position, there's still like Mitch Marsh and and Marcus Stoinis, who aren't, you know, playing at the moment in Shield Crigger, so not being able to push their case that way. Um, but it's good. I think the depth of our of our all-rounders in the country is is looking really good with, with both Ash and, and Michael there getting uh, getting great starts this season. And
0: then obviously, we'll be, you know, you probably would have had it further down, but we might as well do it when we're talking about all-rounders. I mean, we're just so excited about Cameron Green, you know, 400s yeah. in what, 11 or 12 games, but... I first saw him bowling, so I went, what? have yep. a look at this guy. Yeah, you my know, first. five, yeah. genuine pace, over the top, out swingers. You're just going, well, you know, he's, he's just going to play for Australia as long as his body holds up. Mm. And then he slogged a few in his first game. You go, oh, okay, a lower-order yeah. hitter as well. Yeah. He's punching out first-class hundreds for fun, Pete.
2: <laughs> I think I've four now or something just in the space yep. of, what, 10 games maybe. Um, and just yeah great like same same as you Flynn. the first time I saw him I actually I was facing him in the nets I was like "Geez, this guy's big he's got bounce he was up in um, up at the academy I was like he's going to be a good bowler shaping it nicely uh, and then yeah to to see him come out and get just first class hundreds for fun is mate it's awesome he's showing showing some uh, some scary talents and, and definitely putting his hand up there for for Australian selection that's for sure
0: yeah, who else excited? I mean spin has been you know swept yeah. and helped Queensland get there I'm I'm, I'm encouraged by that. And you've already mentioned Ashton Agar. Yeah. Um, and,
2: and uh the one well, the one that stood out for me was the first time ever um a leg spinner has taken 5 wickets on on day in the first shield game.
0: Uh day one first shield game in uh Poppy in South Australia. Yes. Yes, I know he leaked a few runs in in this game, but, uh, you know, he's wrong and, um, geez, it rips, it rips late. It reminds me a fair bit of of Stuart McGill's. Mm. uh, But he's still really young, Popey. Yep. So I'll be looking more at the wickets column than than the runs. So, um, yeah, that's fantastic because Mm. it is one that we probably don't feel like we've got depth, is it? The spin, you know, yep. fast bowling, we could probably lose a couple and still be really competitive. Um, yeah, probably middle-order batting where you're slotting in, peak, get a few hundreds there, oh, yeah. you know. But, That'd be nice, but, I, but I think there's, you know, up to 10 blokes who who could catch fire and, and fill those roles, but spins are yep. uh, really, really tough.
2: So, and going back to Sweppo, did you see that field that, that he had? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right at the end, obviously, to win uh, to win the game there in the in the last few overs. I mean, he, he bowled 46 overs, 45.2 overs because he got the final wicket. Um, to have control after the, that long, like my shoulder would fall off. It nearly fell off when I bowled nine overs uh, last year. <laughs> um, but for strepper Sh- for- to keep coming in like that, uh, four for sixty six um, with everyone around the bat is is extraordinary because he has the control to be able to put um, those players around the bat. So that was uh, that was exciting to see. It was entertaining um, and uh, but I'm going to I'm going to pump up one of my own boys, Flem, and I, I say I'm excited to see John Holland bowling again as a as a spinner. Um, yeah. Yes, he's class as well. So you know maybe with these wickets we're, we're seeing a lot of spin wickets at the moment. Um, you know, I'm hoping that that the duck is is going to uh,
0: be pretty important for us. Yeah, definitely. And what about, um, and some other news too, you know, Tim Payne, who who sat on one first class 100, I, I, I think, for 15 years. Uh, yep. You know, got a second one last year, but, but got runs. I mean, you know, we, we definitely want to hit the summer with the Australian captain in form.
2: Mm, yeah, exactly. That's that's great to see. Um, Painty coming out. He looks like he he took it back onto the onto the bowlers nicely. Put pressure back on them. Scoring at you know roughly a or close to a fifty strike rate, maybe about forty five. So it looks like he's trying to score, and I think that's when he's when he's batting his best and in uh, in some in some form. So it's a good
0: good start. Hey, and one little sneaky one I've enjoyed um, watching is Big Bo Webster bowling. <laughs> Fast medium, yep, and getting wicked. It looks good, you know. Um, you know, Tom Moody made a, a choice, um, you know, midway through his career to to bowl medium pace, and 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 he got games on the part, mm-hmm. particularly in one day cricket. You know, a bit, of, you know, a hitter. He was better than that in first class cricket. Um, but but big tall fast mediums. About your captain, mm-hmm. you'd love it if one of your batters could provide a bit of that.
2: That's awesome. He's, and that's the thing. He's so tall that's he's, he's got a bit of margin for error there with his bowling. So he, not that he did though. Like he, he pretty much came in and, and hit the top of off most times, um, which is what you ask of your, your full time bowlers. So
1: it goes for four. Dramoines in shock, and Brisbane are up in arms. They're loving it. And here comes the team. They've won the title.
2: Starts in three days. Yeah, good. It's, uh, get a bit more cricket happening in Australia and good to see the girls back out. Being able to play after, you know, a, a pretty entertaining series against New Zealand with the Australian women's team to, to now go into the WBBL off the back of that. Um, it's going to be good. And there's a, there's a, bit, that's, uh, a bit that happened. Um, I think a big move was uh, Sophie Devine to go from Oof. Adelaide to Perth, massive. That's a big, big loss and a big gain for the uh, for the Scorchers. There, um, I mean, we all know that she's capable of of winning games off her own bat and scoring runs, taking wickets. So, uh, I think I think that's going to put Perth right up there in terms yeah, of one of the, one lost of Meg
0: Lanning. So mm. almost to get what I know they're not, um, you know. Sophie obviously bowls a lot more than Meg, but if you're thinking, oh, geez, we need to replace a, a giant of the game, mm. the Scorchers have done a very good job there. Yep, yep, no, they've experienced
2: too. Mm-hmm. Yep, now she'll be able to teach uh, or help, you know, yeah, teach a few of the young, the younger players um, and get, you know, get their games going forward, which is also what you want from an uh, from an experienced player. So, no, that was that was a great pickup from Perth, and then obviously. You mentioned yep. Yeah, Meg's gone back to the stars. So uh, that's gonna make them yep. Yeah, that's gonna make them a uh, a strong team as well. I mean, just off her own back yeah. she, can, she can win games. Um, after a bit of a disappointing year for the stars last year, uh, I think I think she'll come in and it's and
0: been a few years, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been happening. We're rebuilding. Years, not now. I've got – I know I'm biased. I've just got the Melbourne Stars winning. Yeah, okay. Meg back, the English Imports, and a bowl Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I reckon we're going to go. Uh, are you supporting your Hobart Hurricanes?
2: I'm on the Canes, mate. The Jeez,
0: you change allegiance. It's so quick. You've got green in your blood.
2: Mate, cut me open. i bleed purple. <laughs> um <laughs> No, they I did have a little look into the to the Hurricanes girls, not knowing them uh, overly well, but they basically got a, an entire new squad by the looks of it. Um, you know, a couple of injuries hurt them, um, and, and not being able to get Heather Knight to come back from England was a is a big loss yeah. for the cane train mates. Um, but I've got I've got Nicola Carey doing some good things for the Hurricanes this year. I think she'll she'll take the um, that controlling role uh, to to control the innings with a couple of big hitters around her. I think she's gonna be big for him.
0: Well, I also thought she bowled quite well at the death in the New Zealand series. You know, that 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 was a new role mm-hmm. um, for her with Elise Perry out. So she's a very good cricketer. So we've worked that out. Scorchers are all improved, but it's a it's a stars versus Keynes. <laughs> final in the WBBL. Um, yep. Hey, mate, I had one for you just to, to, to finish up. In, um, you know, Owen Morgan and and uh, Holder from the West Indies come out and, you know, just talked about bubble life. You know, I don't think uh, us fans really know, um, you know, how much it can potentially take out of you. I mean, you've just got out of quarantine and, and you've got some weeks to go, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be tough on the players, tough on the administrators actually um, scheduling these games. Um, you know, and really until we get a vaccine, there's there's going to be um, bubbles involved. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's
2: tough. I mean, with with borders being restricted between states at the moment as well, making making travel really tough um, for us, but then also you know world worldwide. If you have to leave to go to a place to quarantine for two weeks before you can play, you're already like you're behind the eight ball because being in a hotel room for, for two weeks, whether you can train or not, is just it's it is tough. It is yeah. really, really tough if, if you don't have a a good structure around you or some good mates that you can call up and talk a bit of shit with every now and then just to try and keep you keep you mentally sane. Um but it's a lot of it's a lot of time on your own and i can I can see how these these hubs and these bubbles you know all over the world um, could yeah could cause a few uh, a few issues that you know maybe
0: we haven't haven't seen just yet yeah, and um you know there's a mental and physical component to it but also, the different competitions. You know, I think with, with something like Shield Cricket or even Test Cricket or a one-day series, you generally, uh, unless you're totally new to the squad, you've already got mates and, and their support. Um, the coaches are the same. Support staff are the same. It's T20 competitions, particularly if you're at overseas import. Yeah. Um. You know, you're not going to have the friendships. You're not going to have the mateships, you know, straight away and you're, and you're quarantining. So, you know, I feel like, some of the T20 competitions, particularly if they're not on, you no know, massive money um, going forward, that that, that are, are going to be hit by by players either not putting the hand up or being late pullouts.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can see I can see players pulling out. Um, you know, maybe having after playing a couple of tournaments somewhere and just not being able to go through another quarantine uh, or having not been able to go home. For six months, because if they go home, they have to quarantine again, and then they have to quarantine when they leave, and all that. So, yeah, it's I can I can see some of these smaller competitions, copping the copping the brunt of this a little bit, um, with some of the big international stars probably opting out for a, for a couple of tournaments.
0: Yeah, and we're all waiting out. Hopefully, by the next biology report, there'll actually be a schedule for the summer. Because it's a it's a moving beast, you know. Everland, Queensland government, Cricket Australia, um, you know, they thought things were 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 already stamped and ready to go. Looks like New South Wales government um, have come to the party. Potentially some games in at Marnika as well, which which could work. I mean, we're we're Mm. sort of lucky with our facilities here. I mean, Hobart's put up their hand as well. But mate, um, thanks a lot. Enjoy training. Enjoy the next oh, yeah. build-up to shield cricket. Uh, we'll be talking probably after your next shield game. Uh, but on a serious note, um, with your soccer volleyball, which team did Sam Harper end up in? He ended
2: up on on my team. I got the final pick. Um, so where do you play him? Well, I'm playing him front and centre, but purely as a decoy. He is he's too make fake runs here and there but we we're not to pass the ball to him.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure we get him on next <laughs> time for for an update there. Yep. Um mate, I'm going to catch up to keep our theme 11. I'm catching up with uh comedian Matty Hardy. Um very nice. Who uh you know is is a famous author, a uh, great stand-up comedian. Um I'm not sure what he's got in store for us but he's a great storyteller and um <laughs> Hoping you tells a story about streaking okay. at a district at a district final. All right. Well, that sounds
2: sounds. I don't think there's
0: many of them. Good luck, Pete.
2: Thanks, Flan. Thanks, mate.
0: Come on. it's theme 11 time. Um, it's been a lot of fun over the last few weeks. We've had beer 11s, hay 11s, mo 11s. Uh, what have we got in store this week? Well, we've got a comedian, uh, a great comedian writer, uh, one of the first Aussies to go over and smash the UK live stand-up uh, scene. Uh, he's an author uh, of one of the biggest-selling books in Australian history. I'll say that, Saturday Afternoon Fever. Go, Do yourself a favour. Also producing DVDs. I'm so Australian, and I'm talking, of course, about comedian extraordinaire and Kilda fan, Matty Hardy. Hards, thanks for joining us on the Biology Report today,
1: mate. I've made it, those little uh plaudits you've offered from the dim dark past yeah wow i'm, I'm relevant um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but th- they're nothing compared to honestly genuinely being on the biology report with the biologist himself uh wow. honestly man, i'm really proud i'm really wrapped i've got a couple of my mates that uh, are going to think that i'm not worthy of this and i would agree with them but you know it's quiet times during a pandemic and if you've got a call on me i'm here for you in my daughter's bedroom and uh they've got their own <laughs> Their own photographic, come art gallery in the background. Uh, as you can see, you know the positioning is it's perfection. You know, I think they've just. And we been- can
0: already see <laughs> a bit of St Kilda flavour about it, uh, Maddie. The, you, uh, like the old school,
1: the old school Saints pub seventies mirror that you could you know get given for your thirteenth birthday by a drunken uncle. Perfect. It's <laughs> a so family heirloom. That's that's probably all I'm gonna uh, all I'm gonna be able to leave them. You know, when I. Head to heaven, but, you know, they should be appreciative of that pub mirror, my daughters.
0: Oh, definitely, mate. Uh, but we're going to go with cricket. So now before cricket. we get in, in your theme, Eleven, um, yep. yeah, what are your memories of cricket growing up?
1: Were you a cricket player yourself? You know, who who were your idols? Well, uh, first of all, this got me into cricket. That's the original, the original, forget about any remakes with, like, Shannon Noel, the original single of Come On, Aussie, come on, uh, oh. right there. Uh, no and, way yep yeah, and uh look at that flame coming off the ball obviously a west indian speeds did it delivered that and then so it was the merchandise that got me in it first of all the song which is yes. done a- as a promotional single and it worked you know here in glen waverley uh with my brother come so on I aussie come on we're talking exactly. about yeah and then peter's ice creams gave you posters right? <laughs> and there's hooksy right <laughs> But not only that. Like if you bought, I think four packs of you know uh, banana Barney bananas or something, and you kept the he kept the coupons, you sent in, and you got the uh, the Peters. Uh, where's the logo? <laughs> the, the Peters post. But it was you got double double value for your money because there was like on the backside as well is Kapil Dev in his classic bowling style uh, oh, as the action. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's so what. So you could just. It was the merchandise. There's Peter's.
0: Yeah, yeah. So was that around World Series cricket time, Maddie? I mean, that's when I remember cricket.
1: Well, it was when when Macca's came up with the two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese on a sesame seed (laughs) bun, and you had all the cricketers. You would also get World Series all-the-team posters with the bright sort of primary coloured outfits of the time. Uh, They called it the pyjama game, didn't they, at the time? Yeah. And, uh, but all the cricketers, that was, I think, maybe the first. Now you've got a current test team with like VB, you know, brand alignments, as they call it. But back then it was just an excuse to buy crap and, you know, create a bad diet habit for children. But <laughs> if, it, if it meant you got a poster, you know, or a sticker, I was all there for it. And our parents were too. But I tell hey, you, what, Maddie, do you
0: is- remember the, the poster of, of every member of World Series cricket? Yeah. Who
1: was sitting right in the middle? Sounds like, you know, but I can't recall. Was it uh, Larry Gomes? But, Ooh, no, Ronald McDonald. Big, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd he play for?
0: <laughs> so all the boys, all the cricketers have got that serious competitive face on. And in the middle, there's big Ronald with his big face with a big grin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. The, 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 the worst wig since Dougie Bollinger. <laughs> <laughs> Ever seen in in the cricket context, but before all that, the great all time was look at that the original Test match, right? And now, obviously, later came the incredible little plastic fielders bent in position in the slips. Yes, but um, this, this was the one, right? Where you'd have to uh, you'd have to like move this thing to your left and right. Oh, it's all busted. That's and then right. Up in, this little, up in that little window would be the sort of raffle like score that you got. So that was the original Did, test match,
0: mate. I, you know, I remember playing that now. But I, I would have thought the first game I'd got were the ones with the little figurines and the
1: bowler where you flick the
0: the metal ball. Yeah, but that that, no, this that one, was the originator, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was the originator, and and basically you would break it because you'd be under the illusion that if you move this semicircular things, you'd have to like move it round and then move it back again. And there'd just be like a, a lucky dip raffle as to what score you ended up with. There's obviously <laughs> pre-war technology there. But, you know, you or your brothers would like just try and under this false impression that if you moved it as hard as possible, it would be a you know, bigger <laughs> score. And it wasn't. you usually guaranteed LB, you now, the harder you swung. So it's kind of mirrored real cricket, didn't it?
0: <laughs> well, no need to ask what you've been doing in lockdown then.
1: <laughs> I've finally been making up for those bad losses against my brothers in their absence in my own mind. And then then you had this, right? That is the uh, testimonial uh, $2 it cost. That would cost $20 nowadays. Uh, and that was obviously to commemorate, I think, what was his final test. Now, there is a one-day cricket Oh, my outfit. God. Look at that. I've,
0: I've got that here at home as well.
1: Have you? It's it's sacred. Forget about the Dead Sea Scrolls or, you know, the uh, Shroud of Turin. This is a Dennis Lilly <laughs> testimonial document. It uh, should have been written in parchment. And that's him with the great uh, Richie himself, of course. When I they think had, that's
0: when he, he passed the record.
1: <laughs> it is. And then Scanlons, who we all know for the uh, then VFL footy cards, attempted to go at uh, cricket stickers. And uh, here we've got you know, the ones that I bothered to put in there. Uh, no, oh, I've got I, it as well. Got that, it yeah. as well. Look at that. What, what have answer. you
0: written on the side there?
1: On the side? Where's that? Oh, Matthew Hardy and, and me address. <laughs> but, uh, of course, I can't show that address for too long because my wealth will be stolen by the by the uh envious. Yeah, exactly. There's uh Sandy Patil and Syed Kiamani there. Yeah. Uh so there's these kind of artifacts that at the time were you know, Lenny Pascoe, uh Derek Randall, Graham Dilley, yeah. uh Terry the great Terry Alderman. That What a bowler. What yeah. a bowler. You can see in the background an English fan about to cave his jaw in. Look. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jeremy Coney, Ian Smith. But there was,
0: yeah, what a and what a great commentator, Smithy. Yes, these
1: days, um,
0: probably not as fit as uh, that particular photo there, Smithy. But, um, but I agree. That's what got me. And they were like superheroes. And 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 the biggest man, the Man of Steel, for me, was Dennis Illy. Personally, yeah, um, what about yourself? Who, who were the main men for you?
1: Well, DK was like, you know, the Marlboro man and uh, Superman and your dad and your footy coach. He was like the ultimate macho man, to quote you know, the <laughs> village people. Uh, what sort of has there been a more uh, masculine example of manliness in our history since you know, I can't and think charismatic, of charismatic, a bit
0: like Paul Hogan with the, yes, the comedy of that time. Right. Yeah, um, and Nuke. So, et, et, and sorry, John Newcombe epitomised yeah. the era, and um, you know certainly we don't have that these days, do we? Like everyone's a bit um,
1: homogenised.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which or- is a, which which is a shame. Um, we just need Pat Cummins to to grow that that, that <laughs> moustache because I think he could do it.
1: But DK, I believe in you, and I think that's true. But DK had the like built in sort of like physical. Uh, trademarks that I don't think he even meant to do. You know, like you've got the no. uh, you've got the the Kiwi umpire that did that weird signal of the you know of of the six uh, <laughs> or, or or the signal really? of, of, of the four. Yeah, right. Uh, they're kind of affectations. They're kind of forced. You know, like um, Charlie Cameron with his kicking the goal. Yeah. For for, for Brisbane Lions, they, but they're kind of forced trademarks. But Lily's choreographed, you know, choreographed. But Lily's you know mopping of the sweat and flicking it. Uh every kid did that at the end of the the long run in the backyard. You had yeah, to and
0: and to this day we've got the fast bowling cartel, you know, McGraw and Kaswitch, uh, Gillespie yeah. and Lee and Mitchell Johnson and Cole. I mean, you know how we you know how we greet each other? It's yeah, always do you? with the DK. Do you really? Wow. And, and he and he used to lick the fingers before he put on the ball. That's right. And then what about the what about the chain? With the, the chest hair,
1: the chest hair and the chest chain hair. bouncing. Yeah. Great. Like what a great man. And the Mo, the first and, original Mo. Unbeatable, unsurpassed, unparalleled moustache. What a man. So and what about the session on him, the big DK? Because oh. when he made the comeback from that uh, deliberating back injury and he was doing, I think he hired a then famous uh, Olympic running coach to strengthen his, his back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, uh, and he'd always be photographed, you know, sweating bullets with his shirt off and you'd go, what a man. Like, that, he is a man.
0: So, Maddie, this is your idol, right? How did that transfer into your game?
1: Not at all. Nothing. No. Well, maybe when he threw the bat, when he threw the aluminium bat, (laughs) right, Uh, after whoever it was protested correctly, after you heard the, the clang of the ball hitting it first time, when he chucked the bat, that was how Lily was incorporated into my game. Because you, you know, you, if you got called for an unfair caught behind in the back garden, you chucked the bat over the fence, like if, I, if I'm not batting, nobody is. Right? I'd have to hope you didn't clout the neighbour hanging there washing on the line, and then be in big, big trouble. <laughs> and that's maybe. And also, maybe cl- when he maybe when he kicked me and Dad in the in the ass, I probably did that to my brother, like in some sort of tantrum as well. So. Yeah.
0: I've got no doubt about that um, any any Ashwood under 12s 14s, 16s did you well, did you I turn did, pro or not
1: no I didn't play at Ashwood but I knew a lot of the blokes that did in, in, including um uh, well I know Gary line played at Ashwood I know you weren't mentioning that oh. as a, as a suburban example but um and yeah. the late great Dean Jones of course and Paul rifle yes. and a lot of greats from the actual Ashwood but no I, I um I played for three teams and didn't get a bat or a bowl right <laughs> I was making up the numbers. And I didn't know whether I was, I was okay with a tennis ball in the garden, but I didn't know with a real cricket ball, it was, it was on mats, right? but I didn't know if I could play with a real, whether that extra second of pace or, or firmness from the ball was going to suit my hand-eye coordination or not. But it was the fourth team I played for Oakley districts where uh, our two coaches, two, we had two blokes coaching, was under 16s. And that, this, this uh, hired sort of white van rocked up because the coaches weren't there for my first game. And uh, then this van rocked up, and uh, I didn't realise they'd all been on this all-night Bucks turn, and a, grand, <laughs> a bunch of blokes like physically pushed out. They slid the like, – like the old post office vans. They slid the side door of the of this white moving van <laughs> that pulled up beside the ground. It was still moving, and they slid that slide side door open and pushed the two coaches out, like onto the ground. <laughs> Gravel rash, right? And one of them spewed. I won't name them. (laughs) And so my mate's dad, who drove us to the game, and that's the first time I met my mate's dad, he then said, you know, some stuff I can't repeat to these two blokes about the ability. And he took over the coaching for that day, and he said to my mate who was wicket-keeping, why don't you give your mate a bowl now? About six overs in. And I was on a hat-trick after two balls. Yeah, and then I went on to win, like, the team bowling averages, the competition bowling averages, that was from under 16s. Then I was good at 17, and then I discovered beer and girls and nightclubs and life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like most 17-year-olds, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, but I was ordinary, but I did win trophies, and I've still got them. I'm surprised I didn't bring them to hold up and prove. But also, that was when uh, indoor cricket was massive, which we know the, yes. the great Steve Smith was an uh, exponent of because his parents owned an indoor cricket uh warehouse or whatever they would call the stadium or wherever indoor cricket was played but i was brilliant at indoor cricket which pretty much sums up my the height of my skill level
0: and just for the young listeners that's the original steve smith who used to get hundreds opening for australia in the early
1: 80s oh no i meant the current i mean the current Steve. The oh current, the current, current smith, one he was too young but his parents owned an indoor cricket joint and steve smith would sit up on the high chair tennis style and umpire
0: guess what i did not know that but the original steve smith played for australia in indoor cricket did
1: he well, yeah i remember so him that's wild one, one day I was opener yeah right yeah because um, i think he 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 was a one day opener with uh either you know, i think with jeff marsh uh, just before the sort of you know superstar era arose,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, it was. He was just before him, um, and he... then he went on the rebel tour to South Africa. Oh yeah, gave over in one day cricket. I think he averaged about forty. But but indoor cricket was massive. I grew up in Springvale. We had nothing, nothing in, the... in Springvale South. But then an indoor centre um, got built five hundred meters away. It's still yeah. here to that day. So you know, we had games. a new a new place to hang.
1: Yeah, yeah it was almost like twenty four hour games. Like you couldn't yep. you couldn't get shoved off at the end of your game quick enough before the other guys and that memory of pulling the pulling the sort of uh, canvassy lip back it was a to climb to climb in to the almost yep. UFC style ring because they had the sort of uh, flexible netting on either side.
0: <laughs> and how many times did the same guy get set up by yeah letting them in then letting it go yeah. and then he got <laughs> smashed yeah. <laughs> right, about 500 kilos of, like, yeah. mesh and right. wire. Fantastic. Um, hey, another mutual mate, um, Josh Marquette, who um, was in the Victorian squad when I was playing, went on to yeah. play heaps of games for Tasmania. He's yeah. moved back to the area around near me
1: here in Ashburton,
0: Ashwood. But um, you're good mates with him.
1: Yeah, I was. And we lived in Baringa uh, Street, Mount Waverley, and there was three guys actually paying rent and about 13 other guys refusing to or unable to or unwilling to. And so they would come home and we'd already be broken into their own house, right, emptying their fridge, <laughs> emptying their fridge of food and booze. And they were, like, reluctantly a bit shitty about it, but they'd, you know, happy to have this whole combination yeah. of blokes playing, like, on this mini snooker table. Uh, the the now well-known Damien Barrett turned up for the age because there was wow. this, this, this wave of uh, adulation started heading Josh Marquette's way at the time, and they said, uh, there was an article written in which um, uh, Murphy's, Alan Border, and Dean Jones named Josh Marquette, who'd yet to debut in state cricket, but was blitzing for university in district cricket, yeah. the, fastest, the fastest white man in the world. And this is after Dennis Hickey had been labeled that and done his back. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure if uh, um, the South African uh, Alan Donald had uh, retired at that point. This is about 87. But um, yeah, we were in the no, he was Just us. coming
0: on the scene, but he's coming on no, the scene. No. So it,
1: was, it was just pre Alan Donald then, yeah,
0: and so yeah. Josh, and I, I reckon he had a pre season with the Bix. He bowled very fast. Alan Donald Josh. did.
1: No, Josh Not. Marquette. Yeah, he did have a pre season, yeah. and on the on the. And as I say, talk about putting too much pressure on a kid too soon. But he'd yet to play state cricket and he literally had Border Hughes and Jones quote him as the fastest white man in the world. <laughs> no, but then he did his back like good and proper, unfortunately. But the photograph in The Age with the then journalist Damien Barrett, we were all, maybe including Josh, drunk at about three in the afternoon on like a Tuesday. <laughs> and Damien Barrett was asking us to move, you know, visible evidence of this party lifestyle out of the frame. <laughs> but he agreed to give us a mention by name and to his credit, he did all these suburban man- idiots got a mention in the paper. And that was probably the beginning of the demise of Josh's <laughs> progress. He did his back. Unlike yourself,
0: <laughs> unlike yourself, Matty he's a man of few words. How hard an interview would Josh be?
1: I think it was a struggle. I think maybe we helped actually fill the, uh, the, the word, <laughs> the word count. That's probably why Barrett was happy to give us a mention, but uh, Darren Berry told me once that uh, – because Josh went and played professional uh, up north of England for a while in, yeah. uh, in Clitheroe and they gave him a groundskeeper job as well, you know, to supplement whatever the, the professional uh, cricketing payment was. But Darren Berry reckons that he, he was so lazy because in England, you know, they've got those – you pull the light switch on and like a, on a dangling string and uh, yeah. he, re- he reckons that Josh tied a second and third and fourth string like a like a elephant's trunk, holding tails chain of shoelaces tied together, so that he could just turn the light on and off without like lifting his head off the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I only faced him in the hand, but that was just you couldn't you never saw the ball. You know, he was I, and, from my experience, fast bowling. Josh was brilliant, with The pace on him, unbelievable, and the no, size no, of him. He, he, He's a big man. Good He's a great man.
0: Yeah, didn't use his front arm a lot, but he played a fair bit for Tassie. But uh, back to Victorian District Cricket, um, University Cricket Club who we played with. They had uh, future CEO of Cricket Australia, James Sutherland. Yeah. My roommate at the time, Jeff Allardyce, uh, Ian Rigglesworth, they had a really good team. But um, they won a district final, but you had impact as well. Can you talk us through that?
1: Well, it was at the Junction Oval, and, of course, we were mates with the great Josh Marquette, and uh, so we went to watch and uh, there was some sort of a uh, there was some sort of like a, uh, a six maybe nine over period. I think Craig Bradley and or Graham Hick were playing for Carlton uh, against him that day. Am I right in that memory? And and, so the, and probably Bradley, was not growing. Graham Hick, but but Craig Bradley, probably. Bradley, yeah. yeah, right. Anyway, there was sort of like a standoff. No, there was no runs and no wickets being taken. And uh, we'd had a guts full of grog, and uh, I'd driven my EH wagon. Uh, my first ever car from Glen Waverley to the junction oval and then um, had about, you know, a dozen cans with the boys and was a bit edgy and was always at a mouth on me anyway, and was never short of ideas to create uh, to create action. And so I decided I was going to streak and, um, but it was summer. So I basically had like footy shorts on and a t-shirt and thongs. Right. So I went down the players race, didn't tell any of my mates down the players race, as far as I could where that old school wooden door was like locked shut, but just out of sight. It was a pretty big crowd for the district final in those days. Yeah. And yeah, um, definitely. Took, off, took off my T-shirt, took off my shorts, um, uh, the VFL Saints shorts with the, like, logos, <laughs> you know, lined up down the down either side, and uh, and my thongs sort of held them in a fist and then just started sprinting. And uh, James Sutherland was about to come in off his run, and I went between <laughs> the batsman at the non-striker's end and Sutherland, who had to stop his run-up, and uh, I, I don't think I'd met him at that point, so he just looked at me with like disdain. And the batsman, like you know, I think it was Craig Bradley, like turned around and make a big, a big, big thing of ah, oh, you know, I'm trying to focus here. And uh, and of course, the crowd went berserk, right? Oh yeah. And, uh, but I remember to this day, I tell you what, if you haven't been a streaker, do it. It is the greatest. <laughs> it is the most magnificent. Uh, I mean, you've played, you know, in World Cup winning finals, but for me, the most incredible sense of freedom and liberty and just like I'm naked in the open air in front of people. My feet weren't touching the ground, and I reckon I would have done Carl Lewis in the 100-metre sprint, right? Anyway, it was unbelievable. I'm almost getting goosebumps thinking about it now, and that was way back in, what, 1990 or something, but I was blind. Anyway, so then I jumped the fence up the other side and ran through a few, you know, hooligans that were trying to, like, grab me or kick me in the bumhole or, you know, give me a clout around the ear or high five me. There was all varying reactions and uh, there was blokes mouthing off at me on the field, the yeah. players, including Sutherland and, and Anderson was the other bowler. Who yeah. Was, yeah, they the was yeah. unhappy that I'd, you know, but, but anyway, then they took, I think, two wickets in the next two balls and I was hailed the, the strike breaker, the the <laughs> hero, the partnership splitter. Uh, so then, then I passed out in my car, like very drunk, yeah. went into my car, which is parked on the other side. Uh, over on the sort of uh, on the on the punt road side of Junction Oval, passed out of my car, wasn't going to drive home, and then, uh, then got shaken awake by my mates going, They want you in the rooms, they've won. They reckon that you're the good luck charm. <laughs> and so the uh, uni went on this like week long, day after day, night after night drinking session around all these Melbourne pubs, and all the now wealthy businessmen alumni of Melbourne uni would turn up and were slapping hundreds on the bar. So no one yeah. bought a beer, and I was almost like the talisman, like the the, the mascot, the you know the the like the little uh, the, the little Shetland pony that accompanies the Arabian thoroughbred to the Melbourne Cup to be a little friend for the flight, right? And uh, uh, it was out of control, and then it led up to this big sort of like celebration evening where they asked me to give a speech because I was starting to do stand up at the time, and uh, that that was going well in, 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 until an incident I'd rather not recall. Uh, yeah. uh-
0: did you went through the players though? Can you, can you, in particular, remember
1: when our, when went through what the you players, said about? I'd gotten to know them after this like week long drinking celebrations session. And I remember going back to different players houses each night and all of us <laughs> would crash, all of us would crash there. The hangers on, uh, adoring girls. Um, some of whom were already partners with some of the players, some of whom you'd met that day or that night and just come back for after party drinks. And, uh, but I remember um, the REM song um, losing my religion was just everywhere at the time. Yeah. And so all of us knew all the words. It was like a permanent anyway, but yeah, so I'm giving this um, sort of roast. They asked me to give a roast of all the players who had only gotten to know pretty much outside from Josh <laughs> that throughout that week. And, <laughs> and James Sutherland came in. He was like a late comer. And by this point I was yeah. on a roll. I was doing well, if I say so myself. And, uh, And James Sutherland came in, and I go, Oh, look out, James Sutherland's turned up late. Um, And I said, I said, Oh, you've turned up by yourself. Oh, that makes sense. What do you use for a contraceptive? Your personality, right? Absolutely brought the house down. Okay. Apart from his face didn't seem to express a a sense of appreciation for my assessment. And, uh, but you know, where's he now? What what became Dan <laughs> Sutherland? But he's not on the no, biology dude, report talking about me. No, no, sir. No, he's got he's got to write a reply next week. Has he? he on next week? i right.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get in though. But that was awesome. Um, well, he's looked after.
1: Hey, me. Mate, to his credit, he's looked after me over the years. The various bits of uh, media I've done. Whenever a Cricket Australia's needed, you know, a professional idiot, uh, I've been yeah. given the shout out. And at different times, no, if no, my. No. If my media windows were like slowly shutting on me, I'd give uh, James Sutherland a little quick email hello, and he'd, he'd throw me a bone. So he's a great man.
0: No, no, no. I mean, he wouldn't give a lot away. Good sense of humour, James. And guess, yeah. I guess what he's got though. You know what I love about his um, oldest two kids at the moment. James is comfortably the worst cricketer in their family. <laughs> Will and Annabelle are be <laughs> superstars on an we got you on to pick a theme, 11. What what have you gone for?
1: Yeah. A, 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 a genre of cricketer that's always fascinated me because I think they're relatable and that is the ordinary all-rounder. Yep. So <laughs> blokes who are not good enough in either of the batting or bowling disciplines, right, to get a game in their own right, but just good enough in both to sort of create a hybrid, justifiable selection <laughs> capability. You know, uh, I like and it. so because and that for me made them relatable and uh, almost accessible because you go, Oh, I'm ordinary at cricket too. <laughs> it's just I'm ordinary, I'm ordinary at everything, whereas they're okay at most things. I mean, some blokes, yes. which I think we're going to talk about, some blokes I would include part of their all round abilities or collective skills to be fielding. Some blokes I reckon were picked. Because because one of their attributes was fielding, it wasn't necessarily batting and bowling, but yeah, almost like they were a fielder first and foremost. And if they could do either of a the bit other, like,
0: f- it's a bit like your start of your cricket career, not batting and bowling, <laughs> fielding. So that's, that's right. relatable. Hey, what are the names? Go through a couple.
1: Right. Well, the the, the names are um the the, the the first one, of course, is uh, Simon O'Donnell because I'm a Saints supporter. Oh as the pub mirror in the background, you know, confirms. And um, Simon O'Donnell was like everybody had heard about him as an AFL or then VFL footy fan because he was coming from the great Assumption College, right, in Kilmore, where legends, are, you know, that was like the breeding ground for superstars. And what, what He kicked 100 goals twice. 100? He kicked about 300. He kicked <laughs> so many goals. It was unbelievable. And I've dug this out of my scrapbook, right? Talk about the pressure on Josh Marquette. Kid Coleman. Right there, he is no. the assumption jumper. Yeah, the great sod scoob. Right, that's him. Right, look and the, the, and the, it, it, kid Coleman preparing right?
0: him to John Coleman. Before he already. played a game,
1: it's like Josh Marquette being the fastest white man in the world. So that's in my um Saint scrapbook. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of those too. Right, but then he turned up and he was huge. So I He was twenty-two. He was a very very big boy. But um yeah. it was early. It was apparent early that, uh, you know, um, courage wasn't necessarily his his strong point, right? I think he's later admitted it on a regular basis. But at the time, it was immediate. Hence
0: hence the nickname Scoop. Took a dive.
1: scuba scuba Diver. scuba Diver, because that came, as he is told, better than me. But I saw that game. It was at the old Arden Street. And uh, north in the, um, I think, late 80s were thrashing us this day. Gary Dempsey had taken like 27 marks, and it wasn't even three-quarter time yet. And um, uh, Simon O'Donnell was on Phil Carmen, and it was pouring with rain, right? And back in those days, when those grounds got muddy, they got muddy, right? And the mud would stink, right? Like stagnant. It was just horrible. And uh, Phil Carmen, I think, threw an elbow back and might have just clipped uh, Simon O'Donnell. And he was, getting, he was getting a hiding off the latter-day Phil Carmen now at North, I think, which is his third or fourth club Yes. At the time. yes. And uh, you can see, even as a 10-year-old kid, he took a dive face down into the stagnant, stinking mud. Simon O'Donnell had stayed down and they brought the stretcher <laughs> out. And apparently before <laughs> that even, like, got through the race to the actual rooms, Simon O'Donnell had jumped off and went, right, into the showers for me now. Like, it was too muddy. He was getting too much of a hiding off the latter-day Phil Carmen and just basically waved the white flag. And so then his teammates called him Scoob, as in scuba diver. And yeah. I saw the dive; it was brilliant. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, uh, I, my memories of Scoob. I sort of remember that uh, I used to just go to VFL Park because I lived in Seaford. My nana used to take me there, and not just for Hawthorne games, any game. And it was the day he played on Ross Ditchburn. Oh yeah, the,
1: come, Nick, the twelve. The West,
0: yeah, the West Australian. That's right, the West Australian full forward out of nowhere. Not all on scuba, and he did take one good, really hanger there, but. Um, but as a cricketer, uh, you know he, mate, he was a great one-day player. So I assume you're talking
1: more about his Test career. Well, well, no, he didn't really. Did he? I, I think he made a hundred on debut at Lords in a warm-up game that was classified as first-class on his first tour yeah. in England. But no, he didn't totally nail it, did he? I mean, I think we're thinking of a Test match eleven, aren't we? But he didn't totally nail Test cricket. But if, if 2020 no, was and- around. If, if Simon O'Donnell oh, was around, star. he would be the greatest 2020 player of all time. He had a brilliant slower ball. Uh, he could disguise it well. I think he used, almost used to do with the way I tried to bowl slower balls is he'd try and double bluff the batsman and do yes. the do the grunt like it was going to be faster, like he was putting in extra effort yep. and then kind of just let it go and the trajectory crafty. Was, yeah, big slower ball. But obviously, when he when he took the when he went the long handle, uh boy. Yep. They stayed hit. He, he middled them. The sound, you know that sound when a, when, a, when a batsman, I mean, as a bowler, you would unfortunately have yeah. had that happen to you. But, yeah, that that almost sexy sound, if you're a cricket fan, of the complete clout right in the middle of the bat where you just – He's the
0: longest it. straight driver that I've ever seen off fast bowlers. He, he flat batted them straight off up there, up Marshall holding. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of state bowlers. I mean – They've got that seat at the G in the, what is it, the second or third tier where he yeah, hit Greg Matthews.
1: That's right. Um, and, but you know what, what's weird is, is, is um, his immense courage when facing the West, West Indies fast bowling cartel was yeah. in direct opposition to his less Pretty. courageous football abilities. And what I meant to say is on debut, I mentioned his cricketing debut, or at least in England, where I think he hit 100 in what I say is classified as a first-class match, but wasn't a test in the warm-up games. I think I'm right there. But um, his first AFL or VFL game, he got knocked out by one of your greats, one of the Hawthorne legends who played, what, 4,000 games in Michael Tuck. Michael Tuck KO'd Simon O'Donnell in Simon O'Donnell. I don't reckon Michael Tuck ever hit anybody before or after, on or off the field. So, you know, in his 400, yeah. managed to annoy him to the point of needing to be knocked unconscious on debut.
0: Michael Tuck, over 400 games reported once. Yeah. Hitting Simon O'Donnell.
1: Yeah, on on O'Donnell's debut. And I I wonder whether because Tucky was a famous tradesman from like Cranburn area, I wonder whether O'Donnell was a private schoolboy from Assumption was the antithesis of what Tuck saw as a, you know, a a, a like-minded man.
0: I'll get Tucky on next week to uh, pick an 11 and and answer that question. All right. Who who else do we got?
1: Well, uh, I reckon Roger Binney, who I think was the, uh, I think he was the original um, idea creator for the great uh, Billy Birmingham's 12th man. (laughs) Rubbish Binney, if you remember. Right? So I reckon that's (laughs) Roger Binney's claim to fame, who is a very ordinary all-rounder. Yeah, and, and I when think, you say uh, that,
0: we're talking about guys who didn't average over 30 with the bat and and averaged over 30 with the ball, and he, he fits into that criteria.
1: Yeah, and there's so many teams, as we know, are just uh, yearning for an all-rounder that the amount of guys that have been given a chance under false pretenses is is li- limitless. It's endless. you know. Uh, the, the, then we go to uh, back to Australia, Glenn Trimble, if you remember him. Oh, wow. Who on debut, yes. a blonde, good-looking, almost Robert Redford type, suntan queenslander and uh i remember him bowling his first over for australia in a one-day game and he couldn't hit the pitch obviously the nerves Ah. got the better of him it happens not that often but when it happens it's under the glaring spotlight of you know national or international tv but i think he bowled three or four balls that either didn't hit the pitch or bounced three times and it was his first over. his first over was to the kiwi captain jeremy coney who uh, uh chucked his bat in disgust like (laughs) <laughs> who is this person I'm supposed to be batting to when he's not even able to deliver the ball within the acceptable, you know, parameter? Uh, and, if Paul
0: and, Glenn, if he'd been temping bowling, they were gutter <laughs> balls.
1: Um,
0: yeah, or, and the tough or, thing is, like he was picked as a, like he was a very good first-class batsman. Yeah, and because he was a big dude, like you said, he just happened to start bowling and got some wickets, but he had no confidence of. Ten years of bowling, so I reckon once he bowls that first wide, it's it's carnage.
1: Yeah, it was a real wide, wasn't it? It was almost harmless. Really
0: felt for it. Yeah, yeah, Harm- yeah. Yeah, but about six of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but the others that the, the others that I recall anyway, um, it was bouncing two or three times on the way. He just obviously it just the the the, the synapses weren't sparking. But imagine if that was you, even now, thirty years uh-huh. later. But at the time, you just want to swallow yourself into the into the turf, you'd want you want to try and find one of Tony Gregg's like cracks, you know, with, with, living forevermore. Poor bloke, next
0: pitch report. Yeah, there's oh. wide cracks, and there's Glenn Trimble. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like it, Tony.
1: <laughs> and when you mention the 10-pin bowling uh, uh perception, that leads me to Trevor Chappell, who deliberately oh. bowled a ball along the ground to <laughs> Brian McKechnie, who also chucked the bat. Geez, what have we got against yeah. really <laughs> of that era? And uh, Trevor Chappell, I think, was an ordinary... One of the ultimate ordinary all-rounders, and he was one of the guys who was, I think, picked first and foremost for his fielding abilities. He was a brilliant, great fielder, yeah, great fielder, but an ordinary bowler, ordinary batsman, but played a lot of games. Yes, there might have been nepotism. Apparently, he had a brother or two that weren't bad, Trevor. Yeah, I can't recall that, but right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Trevor Chappell, and and uh, he he was almost, I, he could almost be a contender for captain of the ordinary all-rounders eleven.
0: Ooh, big call, cool, but I'm yeah. comfortable with it.
1: Who yeah. next? Well, uh, one of my favourites was was Larry Gomes, right? So he oh, was he oh. was he almost looked like the uh, the 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 son, Cosby's son, son-in-law from the Cosby Show, right? <laughs> he he had this weird sort of afro. He looked a bit like DeBarge, if you remember a guy called DeBarge. the yeah. like a sub prince, you know, had a couple of the, hits. The there.
0: rhythm of the night.
1: That's right, right? Uh, oh no, that was um, Gloria Estefan on it. Anyway. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah. who am I, I to know? But Larry Gomes had this little mo. He was kind of like cute. He was small. He looked inoffensive, but boy, could he bat. And he offered a point of difference. You had big thundering Clive Lloyd. You had, you know, the the, the master blaster in Viv Richards. You had big. Greenwich and Haynes. And then would come in this I... guy. Yeah, and I think when uh, Gomes came into bat, a lot of bowlers thought this is our chance for an easier wicket. And they were no. usually wrong. And similarly, when Larry Gomes came on to bowl, I think they thought this is our chance for some respite after six or seven or eight or nine speedsters in a row. And they were caught by surprise by his, uh, his little partnership breakers. Uh,
0: I, I just think they thought instead of facing 50 bounces in an hour, we're getting a slow off spinner that doesn't turn him in our half, we're going to slog.
1: Yeah, but he was deceptive. And they'd probably, their, yes. eyes were, their eyes were too big for their belly, as my mum would say, if I couldn't finish my ice cream. And they'd go to <laughs> too big, they'd go too hard too early and end up getting their castle knocked over by little Larry Gomes, who was just innocuous. He looked like... You know, it wouldn't harm a fly, but he was just good enough for maybe two or three years to get a game in that great West Indian team. A never... He
0: averaged, averaged over 50 against Australian
1: tests. Oh, I thought you meant in there his career, which would have disqualified. No, but, but I think you,
0: you've gone into one-day territory with his bowling because back then, teams who didn't have all-rounders, tried to steal 10 overs. So they'd try and steal yeah, 10 right. out of Larry. Yeah. Australia try and steal 10 out of Kepler Vessels.
1: <laughs> Kepler Vessels. He was he was. His bro, bowling, wow. terrible. Kepler Vessels was one of those blokes you'd bring on to try and squeeze an over in as the cameras on the TV would start showing the clock going, is there three seconds before <laughs> the – that's when he got a bowl. You know what they – what do you call that? The lunch break bowler. Squeeze another over in. doesn't yeah. matter how – because they'd have a short run, you know, they wouldn't spend time polishing with, with with the with the flannel tucked into their waistband. They just get 90 on second with it. overs. Yeah, 90 second overs, right. Wow. All right, who's next? Well, I think Mitch Marsh. I mean, he still could be anything. Oh, but the big yeah, bison, as good. they call him, he's got a, he's got a head on him, isn't it? You know, what the size of his skull. Uh if Hen Spison. Yeah. He's comfortable with it. But I mean, he has played some blistering innings. You know, when he puts his shoulders into it, that blokes like a wood chopper you know uh and he's bowled you know in the last uh ashes series he bowled a couple of spells that were incredible but it's just whether he can string them together you know on a regular basis because obviously the selectors he gets a lot of lip i like him myself as a cricket fan but the selectors love him because imagine if you could get him to align the planets and have you know his best batting and his best bowling at the same time for a long time we'd be uh unbeatable
0: well if that that happens he's not in this 11 that's right Uh, Injuries have hurt his bowling um, and his batting. You know, I talked about Simon O'Donnell hitting him long straight. Mitch is not far off that, but the body um, that happened Um, and comfortably the best bowler in his family. (laughs) Jeff and Sean are are, are horrendous.
1: Um, Yeah, who's. Well, speaking speaking of going the bash and hitting him long, uh, New Zealand's Lance Cairns, obviously the father of Chris and I think other Kansas, but um, you're not in Kansas anymore, right? But Lance Cairns, right? <laughs> Both his body and his cricket bat had the shoulders angled off. Remember that? He <laughs> was the first bloke whose bat was modelled on, on his on his body. But uh, Lance Cairns <laughs> looked like a shearer. He looked like a shearer that had taken his terry-toweling hat off and just been handed a lump of wood, you know? if you, It looked to me like, yeah. does he know which end to hold? But his eye-hand coordination—if he decided just to go for it—they stayed hit. And he had that weird double-armed um, looping delivery when he bowled, and the sort of the Max Walker shuffles, tangles, sort of feet tripping over but never did type leg-leg yeah. style. But I don't think anyone knew where the ball was coming from when he delivered it because he would—he
0: would but, but was arms. another one. I reckon you mimicked in the backyard. You tried to bowl with that. Oh, action. yeah. You know, the beautiful Dennis, Tomo, Maxi, Bob Willis, but you did the Lance Cairns.
1: Yeah. Well, he was. I think he was underestimated, but again, he wouldn't have got picked as batsman alone. He wouldn't have got picked as a bowler alone, but he was good enough at both for the combination to be worthy of selection.
0: Uh, what about that day he hit 50 off about 30 balls? I mean, yeah. he was hitting Dennis Silly for sixes one-handed <laughs> when it wasn't roped in.
1: The audacity, the gall of the man. Yeah, when it wasn't roped in, I mean – there's obviously there's conjecture about whether the assessments of, of uh, batting averages should be adjusted because uh, n- not being roped in mattered back then.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, keep going. We're getting in the middle order, lower order now.
1: Well, I thought I thought maybe um, Phil DeFreitas, but then uh, we had a chat earlier on, and on the reassessment of his stats, he was just too good. Uh, well, I
0: reckon we could, not, we could almost get a team of Englishmen who were the next both of them. So I just thought we had to only pick one or two That's of right.
1: them. And, yeah, well, and Zappi
0: took over 100 test wickets. Um, and I he probably underachieved with the bat, to be fair. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. particularly in English conditions, he he was a great bowler.
1: Well, in which case, if we're talking the next both of them, I think Derek Pringle had that mantle thrust upon yes. him for a while. And then he's had, a, obviously, a tube of chips named after him as a legacy of his, <laughs> his, his contribution.
0: <laughs> what flavour would he be?
1: Oh, sour cream, definitely, especially if he's looking back upon his achievements, you know, on the whole.
0: (laughs) Do I remember about Pring? Like, he's actually a really cool writer, and I read his book, which, as you met, was a bit that way, you know, Cambridge University, I think. Um, He had um, two earrings. I'd never seen it before when he first come to
1: it. remember in our youth, like, I'm not sure which year it was, but apparently if you had, like, an earring in one ear or the other. In the ride, I think. It might, have, it might have meant that your sexual persuasion was favouring a certain direction. Uh, and, and I never knew which one was the correct yeah. one. But I never get any offers from either gender in my youth, so it didn't matter. I never found out either way. <laughs> I, could have been, I could have been bi, but no one wanted the bi. <laughs> but yeah. That creates all sorts of confusion, the double earrings. Yeah. Like, think about that, pal. What does this mean? Probably just management. We we used to wear the hoop earrings. He's a true all-rounder. That's what he is. Do you know what? I used to go to a nightclub called Derby's in Caulfield, which uh, half half yeah. half half the then VFL players on a Friday night would be at until three a.m. and then and then you'd see him the next day. A couple of them would get three votes, you know, in whatever game they played in AFL top level or VFL. Anyway, at Derby's I remember um, my mates and I used to talk about copping an invisible punch. Right, so he'd probably been yeah. a bit drunk on Southern Comfort and a bit mouthy or a bit annoying and someone had you lined up over an hour or two, and then they'd throw one, you know, from an angle you couldn't see coming, and your head would rock back. He probably deserved a smack in the mouth. But oh, I reckon yeah. now, in hindsight, it was a double earring thing. If you had a double yeah. earring, you got a free punch in the head. You know, that was just, yeah. that was just a suburban equation socially, wasn't it? <laughs> I've now finally worked well, well, out. <laughs> Why my lips Darby's. got speed? Yeah, Derbies, <laughs> and, and the double earrings phase. Uh, so then I want to go back to just onto the all rounders again. Is um Ken McClay who looked oh, wow, the, yeah, had, yeah, from WA and he was uh slim and loose limbed and it was a bit like Kevin Bacon from Footloose, but he had like <laughs> almost the perfect bowling action, right? He, he almost sort of Dennis Lilly like, and because he came from Smooth. WA, because he came from WA, I'd say that was a Lilly like influence, but yeah, he he was very capable, again, wouldn't have got selected in either of the batting or bowling disciplines alone, but the the, the pairing of his ability in each area was enough for him to be like, well, I suppose, more of a one-day. Did he even play a test? That's probably no, test but it's lifetime.
0: funny just watching the World
1: Series Classics but on he Fox. Was a you know, he played a lot more games than years I thought. There. Yeah. Yes, did he? He was very good consistently. Yes. And then that leads me, that well, that leads me to um lower down the order, the Victorian legend himself, who still plays a major part in the cricketing scene, is Sean Grass. Oh, Graffy. Yes. And he yes. was one of the first ones to have that walrus mustache. It, like, he it, did it, it, too, yeah. Because Lily, Lily's mustache and John Newcomb's mustache w- had a half curl, right? And then some guys would only keep it just up in the upper lip area. It would never go below either lip, but Graff had hope, the yeah. sort of Fu, Fu Manchu, you know, you'd have to expect, if you if saw him in a nightclub, you'd expect he'd have like a sawn off under his, under his drys a yeah. bone jacket type, <laughs> fearful gunslinger moustache. But he didn't really he play was, like a fearful uh,
0: gunslinger. No, he was underbelly before, underbelly. wasn't? I've never asked Graffy <laughs> why. He did, he, he he did was, go the Fu Manchu.
1: He was Max Walker light. That's what Sean Graff was. <laughs> Diet. Diet tangles. (laughs) But I had an affinity for him. Remember when you were a kid, you'd just grasp onto a player for some reason or other. And especially with me, I found the guys that weren't great to be more relatable. And um, yeah, Sean Graff for a while was like, you know, my main man.
0: Did uh, Being Victorian, did that?
1: Yeah, definitely. um, Add a bit of it, yeah. That parochial state you know, based uh, love was really mattered back in our youth, didn't it? You know,
0: and we didn't get a lot selected. There was like no for Victoria, was there? Maxie no. Walker, Graham Yallop, yeah. Um,
1: that might have been it, maybe Jim Higgs, yeah. H- Higgsy, yeah. There um, so
0: I can understand that with Grappy, yeah. Who, who move on?
1: Well, I wanted to put Greg Matthews in, but as you've reminded me, uh, he had too big an average, didn't he, as a batsman in particular. Forty in Test cricket. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I just so that's, n- that's not ordinary. That's very good. Yeah, he averaged more
0: than Mark Waugh and Mark Taylor. What about that? He did not in
1: what in, in in what in Test cricket. Test cricket. You know it, who's it not happy not. with that? Mark Waugh. That is not true. Your viewers need to switch off. You are you are not telling the truth. True. Greg Matthews. Yes, I bet you. I bet you. He never mentions that. The
0: most <laughs> is in there. The bowling average was a little bit high, but no, no, he got
1: famous 11. Well, he got famous for uh, the Channel 9 commentary team put together that uh, edited clip of Hoodoo Guru's What's My Scene, if you remember. No, or was it like Wow, Wipeout? Anyway, either like, of the well, two. Wipe out. And because uh, Mo Matthews, Greg Matthews, he was known for doing like weird dancing or distracting stuff to to, playing
0: the guitar a bit. Yeah.
1: Wow, that gesture looks different than what you intended. But yeah, and then they would put the the clip together. And uh for kids at the time that became he was like a cult figure. You know, Greg Matthews the sort of comedy cricketer. But um I've got a question. Yeah.
0: I've got a question. You know how big air guitars got. Yeah. Air bass has never caught on, (laughs) has it? No, I just no one. No one does the air base, do they?
1: No, because if you do the air base, the, 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 first of all, they they do that weird. They hold their their plucking hand too high. Kind of looks like yeah. they've got a condition that needs some kind of uh, medical assessment.
0: Heart condition. But, yeah, yeah. It
1: almost looks like you've eaten your, your your pie too hot or too quick, and you and you just sort of feeling <sighs> around to see if you need some uh, quickies. You know, <laughs> I don't think air base. That might be why it hasn't worked. But um, yeah,
0: just 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 something I asked. Yep, sorry that's, about it.
1: It's a worthy thought, but for some reason or other, I've now got my focus on Brendan Julian, maybe the most awesome, ordinary, all-rounder of all time. And that's all due respect because I never played a first-class game, of course, and, uh, you know, all respect. He's a
0: beautiful man,
1: a beautiful man. He's a beautiful-looking man. You know, like, he looks like he could be a contender for the next James Bond or or uh, Clark Kent. What a handsome, yeah. tall, strapping lad uh but well, yeah. when
0: when baywatch when we brought baywatch <laughs> to australia how didn't he get a gig how not
1: <laughs> the hassle off of australian cricket but uh Julian. yeah very he, he can he looks a bit like henry cavill doesn't he the current superman uh yeah. but yeah not really a master of either batting or bowling but was the great australian hope for a while there wasn't he
0: well, a bit like what you said with Mitchell Marsh, you know, BJ's best delivery in swinging Yorker yeah. at pace. Yeah, he hit the ball once again, a bit like Simon O'Donnell, straight, massive. Right. Yeah, but but the game never actually connected up, Lego like.
1: Right. It was
0: just spurts of it, wasn't there? And a very good field for a six foot five guy. I, I um, think.
1: I think it's sort of. It's but like, don't
0: feel sorry for him. You know, he's uh, you know doing pretty well for himself.
1: Right. great. Yeah, well, he's had a long-standing media career and deservedly so. Now, uh, t- he was a tall man, and so was the West Indian Roger Harper. Right now, Roger Ooh. Harper, I think his nickname might have been Panther or something because he was stealthy in the way that he moved. He was cat-like in his reflexes. Oh. He, he, he could cover ground in the field. He could run out like lying sideways and backwards. He could catch like you know, grab, snatch, and flies out of the sky. Uh, he had the sort of low, uh, deep-set eyes. Uh, he was a handsome man, and, and, and instead he, of
0: uh, instead of classic catches, it should have just been Rogers' catches. Yeah.
1: Oh, the why? So, but I think it he was, many. wasn't he almost like a professional twelfth man because they'd just uh, pick him and then find a reason for one of the first eleven to need a toilet break, and they'd never come back from the toilet break because it was an excuse to have Harper out there in the field. He was an incredible fielder.
0: If you saw Gordon Greenwich limping and getting 100 in the first innings, <laughs> you know, you know, Roger would be fielding a lot there. And then <laughs> um, Clive Lloyd didn't like playing spinners, but I think they alternated Gus Logie and Roger Harper in the team and 12th man. Oh, right.
1: Because <laughs> Gus. Gus, Gus was... Half the size of Roger, but equally as good a fieldsman. He was like uh, Kevin Hart, the comedian, or Caleb Daniel, the footballer, wasn't he? He was like a mini-man, but not when it came to playing cricket. When Gus Logie was on fire, wow. Uh, Just his name, Gus Logie, you know. Uh, But I I wonder whether a future... Augustine Logie. Augustine. Well, that that reminds me of of another one, another all-rounder, Aldine Baptiste. One of your favourites, I believe. I mean, just his name. Sounds like he's the no, king, no. Of a, king of a uh, an empire. Aldine <laughs> Baptiste, unfortunately, wasn't the king of either of the main cricket disciplines, but just good enough to get a game on the back of both.
0: Yeah, like really good, consistent player. I think he did really well in county cricket, but the one that stood out to me was he didn't bowl 90 miles an hour. He's probably bowling 80 miles an hour. Yeah, no. I, I didn't know the West Indies produced... <laughs> faster bowlers. Like, I thought their spinners bowled 80 miles an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aldine. No, I think
0: he fits in here. I, I reckon he fits in definitely.
1: Yeah, he, he was bowling slower balls just by, you know, natural uh, uh, inclination, just slower than yep. lightning. Yeah, that was the...
0: Compared yeah, to two. holding
1: yeah. Roberts, Garner, yeah. Croft, yeah. Marshall. Wow, wow. Patrick Patterson was faster than them Patrick. all but just a bit too erratic to, you know, be permanent. But there was if just...
0: Dujon said that. He said he was the quickest.
1: Right. Ugh. Yeah. And, who, and who's, who's the, um? I mean, who's the greatest all-rounder that you played with or against?
0: Well, we didn't have, like, Australia really hasn't produced one, have we? Not really. Oh, I mean, I'd they... say, back to Keith
1: Miller, um, oh. no, you I mean, know, like, we've had... As, a, as an opponent, even.
0: Uh, who was the best? Um, you know, Sean Pollock from South Africa. Yeah. Like yeah. people under plays batting. Like he's technically really good, average 31. Um, I sort of missed both them and missed Freddie for and, England. And Callis. Yeah, as well. a, oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Callis, the best by a mile. Yeah, right. And he actually bowling was underrated. You know, facing him in a one-day game. Um, for some reason, me and Damian Martin put on a partnership and we faced Donald, Pollock, Mattini. Guy called Hayward, Callis comes on you beauty, and he hit the bat harder than any of them.
1: Oh, the old heavy ball is that? Is that not a myth? And
0: the heavy ball and that's your number three bat, who averages fifty-seven.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah. So, hey, is that your eleven? I can. That's the eleven. Yeah, of ordinary all-rounders.
0: No, I, I like that. I, I think um, it'd be equally competitive with another ordinary um, eleven. I think the the brilliant. Uh, all rounders eleven would probably smash him. So, uh, Matty Hardy, thanks a lot for that. Um, I'm just going to go back to to reading Saturday afternoon fever and maybe even just viewing tonight.
1: Wow, Matty Hardy,
0: I'm so that, Australian. All right,
1: that, that DVD no longer available, but you could you could uh, Google Matthew Hardy, I'm so Australian, and there's three minutes of of gold or at least aluminium uh, from can me. Can you
0: not? Can you not stream it?
1: Don't know. I don't think so. No, I think I was just it just before the technology and i'm not really sure it's worth right. it you know I'm but i get it i book, think it is the book is a penguin classic you can buy that online that said i've got another idea i'm going to close with for a potential themed 11 and that is a runners 11 who are the best players right i don't know if you've done night Watchmen as well but the best players no. that Would come out if someone got injured and needed a runner write that down for yes. future potential reference
0: Watchman and, and designated runner. So generally, I'll look at some Sri Lankan players when a Ranatunga was playing. That's what I'll do. <laughs> Matty Hardy, you've been a superstar. That's the Bowlology Report. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Matty.
1: You're a legend. Thanks, man. Bye. I am so Australian. I thought Mardi Gras was Glenn McGrath's brother.